My Grey Warden sense is tingling. Welcome to Dragon Age Off the Record, Episode 4. I am Elizabeth, and with me is Rode. How you doing, Rode? Hi, I'm me. Oh, you're not going to trick me like you did in the previous outtakes where you were like, yeah, I'm Rage. See if I could tell the difference. Which you didn't. I didn't at all. We all have our moments. This can't go well. When I asked you what we should do for this episode, what do you want to talk about? And he goes, how about the beginning part of the game? We're going to go into the origins story. And I said, okay. The origins of the origins. I was going to challenge you to some Dragon Age trivia, but all the trivia sites with questions in a list, they were all kindergartner stuff. It was for people that might have played the game halfway while smoking weed and enjoying a fine liquor. And by fine liquor, I mean a malt liquor. It's for those people that have memory problems that can only remember the really important parts. <laughs> Colt 45. It'll get you drunk. Samuel Jackson's. We're just going from one skit to another here. <laughs> anyway, while looking up these trivia questions, I'm typing in anything I can to try to get these pages. Because I know somebody's made a good trivia thing out there. I just don't know where it is yet. So typing it in and sometimes I get those, what Dragon Age character are you kind of thing. Uh-oh. Because you and I know the character so freaking well. We could just choose whichever one we want. I'm morbidly curious now. You're going to do it? I'm totally going to do it. Go for it. Do you remember that show Beat the Geeks? I remember the name of the show. I feel like I should be offended by it. I have a feeling that you or I could be one of the geeks for Dragon Age. I, I don't know if I would win, but you might. No. Because then they bring up something about lore from the elves, and I'd be like, eh. See, I'm trying to get caught up on that because I'm not very good with the elf or the dwarf. Yeah, the dwarven stuff would have me lost. I'd be like, whatever. I, I just, you know how I feel. They're not a magical race. They are human beings. They're just little people. That, I'm not going to hate. So some of these trivia things that I looked up, I found a page, things you didn't know about Dragon Age. This was an article, what you didn't know about Dragon Age Origins. And I'm just curious, so I'm going through this, and I found some interesting things. Did you know that the ogre that treated Kaelin like Lenny treated rabbits was once affectionately known as Fluffy? I feel like that's something I would have called him, though. Or Hagrid would call him. Okay, in writing Alistair, David Gator was inspired by Xander from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Malcolm Redham's from Firefly. He also wanted Nathan Fillion, who played Maul, to be Alistair's voice actor, but decided to go with a British actor instead, Steve Valentine. Oh, I would do things to Steve Valentine. I'm not sure how to react to that, so I just won't. Did you know that the Dragon Age team went through 1,400 cups of espresso-sized coffees in a single week? <laughs> I saw a statistic that they put out there, which was kind of amazing. There was a lot of little fun facts they put out once upon a time. Okay, words of dialogue in Dragon Age Origins, 790,856, and the average novel has 80,000 to 100,000 words. Holy crap. Yeah. And the lines of character dialogue, 68,260, and the average movie has 3,000 lines of dialogue. Wow. Did you also know the in-game animation department used the same stunt actors that were used in the movie 300 for motion capture? Sounds familiar, but I can't confirm whether I knew it or not. Good God, you suck. Okay, did you know that when they were testing the game, they used to have developer achievements for all kinds of things, such as successfully crashing the game? And 12,212 of those achievements were awarded to developers during the production. <laughs> <laughs> the QA analyst Bruce Venn played 1,957.55 hours of Dragon Age in 5,352 games. Me. And at the end of the month, an achievement called The Bruce would be awarded to people who played more hours than Bruce Venn that month. It was awarded only once. <laughs> Holy crap! And it was probably given to Chris Priestley just because. He's the former community manager for Bioware and a really, really cool guy. Oh, we need to find out who the community manager is now and talk. I'm probably already stalking them. Okay, stalk harder and better. Also, grow a pair of boobs in case it's a guy. I could, but that would mean I need to gain more weight, and I'm really trying not to gain more weight. Okay, 144 voice actors contributed to the English version of Dragon Age Origins, and thank God, because playing other games like, say, Oblivion, listening to the same female say the same thing over and over and over again, was really annoying. They had one voice for the female Red Guard, and that was it. 
Yep. The joke for uh, those games is that they had two male voice actors and one female voice actor for the entire game. Three voice actors in total. That one female. Oh, my God. This is where I learned to appreciate voice acting. And that's why I'm so amazed every time I play this game because of how well it's done. She was just reading her lines like the way I was kind of reading these off. I was kind of putting inflection in it, but it wasn't from the heart. I was literally reading it. That's the way she read her lines every time. And none of them went together. None of them flowed. And with these guys, the act. Oh, my God. Especially Alistair. Oh, God. <laughs> so while we were talking, I took the otaku.com Dragon Age Origins character. I share this result with 14% of their members. Alistair, a skillful warrior and follower, Alistair has his share of secrets. He sometimes searches for the approval of others, and the roots of his loyalty run deep. Though more innocent than some know, his courage in battle has inspired many. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to go over the plot of Dragon Age Origins because some of you are not playing through as we have gotten a lot of emails that are not replaying through, but they like reminiscing with us. And that's what we're doing. So why don't we go through that? We're going to start with the beginning of Origins. Why don't you lead us through the beginning? All right. So moving forward from the original origin, whichever one you decide to take, you arrive at Ostagar with the not quite dead yet commander of the wardens in Ferelden. I am not yet dead. I can dance and I can sing. I am not. Spam a lot. Nobody. Stab. You're dead now, aren't you? Aren't you? Bring out your dead. I'm not dead. Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. Oh, that movie. So anyway, there you are met by King Kalen. Who is fine. Who's also not dead just yet. But he will be soon. Don't worry about it. Spoiler. Well, yeah. Can I say it like River Song? Spoilers. Oh, my. I miss her. So, anywho. 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 Anywho-ha. No, I'm very picky. Anywho-ha in a storm. <laughs> no. Anyway, you meet your future, well, your fellow future to be, maybe, eventually, could be, probably not going to be, wardens. And you kind of introduce yourself to the rest of the people in the camp, blah, blah, blah. You go on a quest into the Kakari Wilds to obtain Darkspawn blood. And the treaties. I like how your warden can ask Duncan, why do we have to do this? Is this part of the ritual thing? He's like, no, I just want you to do me a favor. Which I appreciate greatly. He's like, you're on your way. And this is also after you run around the camp, you meet Wynn. You do get to meet Wynn there. If you don't already know her. Well, actually, you wouldn't meet her as the mage, but she knows of you. She is from the Ferelden Circle, so... So she knows of you, but by the time you were bumped up to the status of being a full mage, she was already gone by that point. She said Irving had talked about you, that's right. And the great potential that you have as a mage. So anyway, you go around the camp, you get sent out to the Kakari Wilds. There, when you finally get to the treaties, you meet Morrigan. And Morrigan takes you to her mother, which I, I feel like is a bit preemptive, because... I feel like you want to go on a couple of dates before you go and meet the parents. If you're just immediately taken to the parents, that kind of sets off a couple of alarms in that she's either way too sheltered or a tad crazy and has already picked out what wedding dress she's going to wear for you specifically. Wow, that's a very good observation. Or it could be that the mother has what you're looking for, in which case that's the scenario we're faced with here is that she's been protecting the treaties for a long time. How long? I'm not exactly sure. I forget exactly how long it's been since that outpost got. It has to be over 200 years because the wardens weren't allowed in Ferelden until Merrick let him back in. Exactly. Boom, I'm so smart. So it's been a while. So anyway, you take it back to the camp and there you get to perform the joining ritual, which your lovable rogue you get to meet there, Davith, he doesn't survive. He drops dead. The poison kills him. Prayer said to the maker... To which Sir Jory of Redcliffe is calmly panicking up against a wall and is like, I'm getting out of here! To which the response is, uh, his naked body gets stabbed and he drops dead. Naked because I stripped both of them of their gear because I knew they were both going to die in my most recent playthrough. You idiot! They give you all their gear afterward. <laughs> I don't care. It was funny watching them die naked. <laughs> oh my god! Look, I was making it easier for everyone else... They didn't even have to strip the body. There was no excess blood all over it. You didn't have to repair the hole where he guts him. <laughs> I got to sell mostly cleaned, except for all the gore and ichor from when I murdered all those Darkspawn and everyone else out in the wilds. Yeah, so anyway, I got to sell all that stuff. Made a couple of copper. It's great. Worked out pretty well. And then just threw their bodies in the fire. Don't worry about it. 
Also, when you're at that camp, you get to learn all about the Mabari, the tale of Mabari. I never listened to the Ash Warriors long enough to hear what he had to say about them. Yeah, you get to learn about Mabari. You get to meet up with Loghain. There's one part above the king and Loghain's tents. There's a more experienced veteran up there talking about the Darkspawn, where they've got a corpse up there. So he's explaining to his troops ahead of him that this is a Darkspawn. Here's what you do with them. They die just like anything else does. They're tough as hell. If you get cut, you're screwed. That kind of thing. I feel really bad for the Mabari, too. Well, yeah, because there are sick Mabari there. Well, yes, there is the sick Mabari, which you can heal. And spoiler, this is the one you end up finding later. Oh my gosh! Even though there's more than one, it's the one. If that's the one you cure, you do eventually meet him in the wilds uh, shortly after. After you've uh, fled Ostagar. But anyway, let's get to that. Okay. The plan is laid out that Kaelin and the Grey Wardens are going to go down there, meet the Darkspawn Horde, and Kaelin's hoping that this new plan will wipe out the rest of the Horde and spell the victory for Ferelden, yada yada, blight ended, yeah. And Loghain's forces, once the signal's given, the tower's lit, and so forth, Loghain's forces will come sweeping in, flank the enemy, and completely obliterate them. Which, to be fair, that plan was actually pretty damn sound. Also, Kaelin wanted to wait for the Orlesian reinforcements. Which... Loghain would hear nothing about, because he wouldn't let the Lord Lesions come back into Ferelden after he struggled so hard to free Ferelden from Orlesian reign. But man, they like to argue about that, and Kaelin's like, no, no. He's like, well, I'm the king, so I win. That's probably the way he played with any of his friends when he was growing up. You're beating me at hopscotch? No. King's rule. It's like in History of the World Part 1, where he's playing the king's chest. I'm invoking the king's privilege. Three moves to one. Knight jumps queen. Bishop jumps queen. Pawns jump queen. Gang bang! Ooh, giddy. When you go back, that Orlesian, he and the Orlesian Empress were pretty tight. Well, hopefully. Giggity. So the battle's going all as planned, and for some reason, the tower's not being lit. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what it was. Kaelin says, I want the best of the Grey Wardens to go up there to make sure that tower is lit. How about Alistair and the new guy? And I'm like, okay, is that the best of the best, really? Yeah, yeah that's kind of where I was coming from, too. I'm like, <laughs> wait, so you want the two guys that are, you've got the junior and the recruit. And you want those two to stay behind and make sure the tower actually does get lit. All right, well, whatever. Well, maybe he asked, no, because he asked for Alistair specifically, because that's when I realized, oh, yeah, they knew each other as kids. It's just Kaylin didn't know that Alistair was his half-brother. Right, right, right. Yeah, Alistair says that. But I would think it would be more plausible if Duncan had said, well, if you have to have Grey Wardens, I want them, because secretly he knows he wants to protect Alistair. Right, exactly. So the Warden, you, and Alistair are sent to the tower. So you run to the tower, and as you're getting close by, a guard comes running, panicking, screaming, Darkspawn! Darkspawn! And so you have to fight off a bunch of Darkspawn. You're given two free companions, too, at that point. Temporary ones, which complement your party. They do, because they vary. Sometimes you'll get a mage. If you are not the mage, you will get a warrior and a mage. Mm -hmm. I think if you're a warrior... You get a mage and a rogue. It, it's something that really balances out the party as a whole. You know, like you get the archer and a mage if you're the warrior. But anyway, you fight your way up to the tower where you meet an ogre and you kick the crap out of him. Or like me, being the mage, you ran like a pansy and waited for it to die. <laughs> That's not even a joke. I did stream that. So it was great. I ran in circles. I kept using my uh, walking bomb on him. Every time he went to do a charge attack... I would cast my Arcane Blast, or whatever that first power you get is, and my Walking Bomb, so I can run in circles and it slowly tick away in health. And eventually it did explode, so it worked out. Because <laughs> I didn't want to get pinch slapped across the area as a frail, frail little mage. Did your dialogue choices involve the words, ah! as you were screaming? They should have, yes. Or was that just the sound effect you added in as you were playing? I think I might have been screaming something along the lines of, run, coward, run! You're mocking myself. I feel like that's what I did, but it might not have been. Or go get them, people that are going to die anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Go team, go. So you light the tower, and then it cuts to the cinematic where you light the tower, and nothing happens. Loghain orders a retreat, and then we get to watch Kaelin, the Wardens, Duncan, and everyone else that was down in the canyon die. And then it cuts up to you in the tower as you are pelted with arrows by the Darkspawn that are coming up the tower after you. Cut to Kakari Wilds. 
where you were saved by Morgan and her mother. Which, by the way, with my Natural Bodies mod, you wake up in your small clothes, but I didn't have anything on, and it really took me by surprise when all of a sudden, breast! Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like... (laughs) Yeah, that happened. (laughs) Alright, so once you wake up, you go and have your conversation with the very distraught Alistair, And then you speak with Flemeth, and Flemeth goes, Hey, you're a warden, you need to go save the day, or else we're all gonna die. But then she goes, and by the way, take my daughter away. She's f***ing annoying, man. (laughs) Are we not gonna have guests? Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, well, too bad. Whoa! I did enjoy how Morgan got snippy, and then Flemeth made her feel bad. It's like, but I, I, I didn't mean it, Mom, I'm sorry. Yeah, something like, what happens if I die? or so, I, It's not that, but something similar. Yeah, exactly. If you don't stop the blight, even I will die. What? I don't want that. Ten minutes later, she sends you to kill her mother. I'm just putting that out there. If you ask her in conversation, what would happen if your mother died? She was like, after I stopped laughing <laughs> over her corpse. Oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, I, I think it was more laughing at the concept that her mother can die. That's oh, what I, I got I don't that. know. Because I've probably said something like that in my lifetime. I never meant it, but (laughs) I'm sure if I had a daughter, she'd say the same thing about me. It's a girl thing. So anyway, once you leave the Kakari Wilds, you're sent to Lothering. This is kind of an important part of the game because you can very easily miss companions here. You get to Lothering, which is overrun with people trying to flee the Blight. You get to see all these problems happening, even with the Chastened, who are trying to not die from the Blight. And you also find out that the Wardens have been outlawed? Yes, there's a bounty on the heads of all Wardens, which Loghain's men are conveniently waiting for specifically you, knowing that there's a chance that you survive the tower. He gives Alistair and your descriptions. Of course, I don't know how he got the word out that fast. Easy. While they were retreating from Ostagar on their way back, he just sent out contingents of men and went, All right, we're going to block off the entire Kakari Wilds. If anyone happens to come through matching this description, kill them. Because they've easily, you know, you don't know. You were probably out for a day after the tower incident. Yeah, but still, because he left, how did he even know you guys survived? This is Loghain we're talking about. He probably had a contingency plan. Because since you weren't down there and he didn't get to see your bodies, if there's no body, he assumes you're still alive. That's how it works in the spy world, even with James Bond. If no one sees the body of James Bond, James Bond is still alive. How it works. I like it. Of course, they could have been eaten by Darkspawn. They could have been converted into Darkspawn poop by now. Could have been. Poor Duncan. (sighs) Anyway, back to happy thoughts. So here you get to meet two of your companions. Future companions. Possible companions. You might kill them. It it could happen. First off, you go to the uh, tavern where you're confronted by Loghain's men. And there you meet Leilana, who's not quite a sister. Yeah, she uh, has daggers and has already stepped away from the Chantry because she believes that she had a vision from the Maker to help you. And you know what? I've got two different armies to fight. Why the hell not? All right, crazy lady, come with us. (laughs) She's also got those ugly-ass Chantry robes. I'm still hanging on to those just for kicks. I'm just hanging on to them in the event that I want to wear them when I kill, like, Brendan Howe or something. <laughs> I'm going to send him to the Maker in the best way possible. You don't want to send him to the Maker. You want to send him to the Anti-Maker. I'm the Anti-Maker. Is that the devil? And then you also get to meet Sten, a Kunari who apparently went on a murder spree because he lost his sword. Which, from a warrior standpoint, especially with uh, something as strong as the Kune, is a belief. I can really understand where he's coming from on that aspect. If you go through all the dialogue later on in the game, you actually get to understand his reasoning for going into a blind rage and murdering everyone near him. Kind of. Except for the fact that he killed women and children, and uh, that's just not cool anyway. But, yeah. I do hate that, though. I want to hate everything he does, but then I'm like, oh, man, I kind of like this guy because he's, uh, well, he has a reason. But then I still hate him just because he's another warrior and I don't care for the ones that aren't blonde and hot. This is an interesting point here. We can go ahead and just uh, take a sidestep to what I wanted to talk about in the show, too, is I installed mods for my most recent playthrough. <gasps> and of those mods, I have an updated version of Leilana and of Sten. Do you like Leilana? Uh, uh, I want to call her Liliana. Is it Leilana? Liliana. No, it's Liliana. I keep calling her Leilana. I keep getting the I and the L switched okay. for some reason in my I'm head. I'm getting confused, and I'm like, am I saying it wrong? No, you're saying it right, Leilana, got me on my knee, Leilana. That sounds dirty. Yeah, I know. 
Now, do you like her better with the mod? I do. And uh, you know, you were commenting on her on her hair. Yeah. But like, I looked at the options for the specific mod that I downloaded, uh-huh. and the hair looked too out of Us Fashion Weekly. Oh, all my hair in the game is all Us Fashion Weekly. I cannot stand that short bob with the f-ing braid just lays there for no reason. Ugh. Yeah, see, I don't have a problem with the braid. I actually, I, I changed the face. To make it look much more realistic and feminine. Oh, mine looks like a supermodel. Uh, I think mine kind of does. It might be the same one. I think it's the same same one. (laughs) It probably is the same face, but I don't know. I just, the previous face was too emotionless. Thank you. So I wanted to get rid of it. Which, the same thing for Morgan. I have an updated version of Morgan, too. Uh Which I tried to get the more, the one that more looks like, uh, from the Sacred Ashes trailer. Uh Uh-huh. So that's what I went with was that mod. And then as for Sten, I also got one that makes it look more like the Dragon Age 2 Kunari, which he looks like a bronzed god. And by bronze, I mean not like the color of his skin looks like some kind of supermodel with a little bit of oil on him. He looks like he's made of bronze. And it's awesome. Is it really shallow that we actually like some of these characters better when their appearance changes? No, because the Kunari in Dragon Age 1 just look like gray-skinned giants. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Whereas that. in Dragon Age 2, they look like complete badasses. badasses. Like, they look, they do look like an entire different race. They don't look like just slightly taller humans. They look like a genuinely different race. The horns, the the different skulls look like they're distantly related to Worf. I think the transformation with the Kuhn is like that of the Klingons between the old Star Trek and the new one. That's the reference I was going for. I remember in that it's not Trouble with Tribbles, but the Deep Space Nine version of Trouble with Tribbles. Trials and Tribulations. I think it was Bashir or something looked at Worf and then he looked at the old-fashioned Klingons and he looked back at Worf. He was like what happened? And he goes, we do not talk about it. And that's it. That's the only lore you get on their change. It's freaking great. I figure the Coon are just the same. Michael Dorn is so freaking hot. Anyway, what? Okay, so we're shallow people because we like Leon better, uh, uh, prettier. So anyway, you get a bunch of quests that you can do there. I did all the quests except for the one that involves traps because I don't put points in making traps because I don't care about traps. Um, so I couldn't really help her anyway. I, I probably could have bought some stuff or something stupid like that, but You nah. can make a crap ton of money. There is a way to make a lot of money with that. I might look into that now. So anyway, on your way out, you find a bunch of Darkspawn that are already probably a Darkspawn scouting party, and you slaughter them, and there you meet Sandal and Bodon. Hello. Enchantment. 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 I love Sandal so much. I do too, and Bodon sounds like somebody out of Harry Potter. I mean, he belongs on Diagon Alley. He does, and I... Bodon is, like, I understand that he also likes Sandal because of his unique power, and he's a merchant and everything, but... Bodon from Dragon Age 1 into Dragon Age 2, you get to see that that is, I mean, it's it's not even his real son. It's just someone he found, and he took care of that kid. He genuinely loves his kid more than, like, I have ever seen a parent care for anyone, and that is why I love Bodon so much. It is one of those things where, like, when, uh, just, uh, jump to the end of the game, when you just see Sandal all by himself, actually in both games, which I found really weird and you don't see Bodon there, I thought for sure Bodon was killed, and it made me really, really sad. Aww. And then he turns up in Dragon Age 2, and I was like, yes! However, I have a really bad feeling about Dragon Age Inquisition, because, again, you don't see Bodon, but I really look back at previous things said in game, you know, look for all of the, uh, all of the foreshadowing, and there's a lot of talk throughout Dragon Age 2 about what Bodon's gonna do if he dies. And in fact, he secures Sandal's future. At the end of the game, he does have a place for Sandal to go in Orlais, where the Empress herself is uh, wants Sandal to come work for her in the in the you know Imperial Court. And then you don't see Bodon again at the end of the game. So I'm I'm kind of of the mind that there's a chance that Bodon might be dead, but I haven't looked to see if there's any information on Bodon in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. What if he's dead? I think Sandal's going to be a huge plot point. I cannot wait. That thing he did in Dragon Age 2 where he turns around, he's like, Enchantment! You know, and everything's laid to waste around him. You're like, what the f*** happened here? It's going to be so cool. Really concerned that he's not going to be there, though. I really hope that he made it to Inquisition, because if he's gone, that's going to be very, very, very sad for me. 
Interesting point of fact, I just read this on the wiki. Bodon is apparently married, but you never see his wife in either game. I don't think he even mentioned her. Mm, he does. He mentions her in, uh... In the camp or something? Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, moving on. So, we go to our camp for the first time. And there, after Bodon says, Uh, you know what? You're too dangerous to travel with. Well, there's Bodon. Because he reconsidered and went, You know what? Probably the most dangerous place to be is where you're not. <laughs> so I'm going to follow you around and provide services to you, and then you slowly begin to understand how awesome Sandal is. And here at the camp, you can speak to all your people, and uh, I really advise that every chance you get, you talk to your companions and give them gifts and make them happy and and so on and so forth, so you can get all their bonuses, because their bonuses are pretty badass the further up your uh, tree you go in making them happy. Also, there's a mod to tell you in the codex which gift goes to whom. Because I was determined to give Merrick shield to Alistair, because I was like, it was your dad. No, it goes to Logan. All right. Now, here you have decisions to make. Once you're at your camp, you're finally given free reign to go pretty much wherever you want. Now, you could go to Denerim and try to strike uh, daggers into the heart of Loghain right off the bat, but that's not a good idea, and if you do it, you're probably going to die. Which is what Morgan suggested. She was just like, I would just go straight to him. Yeah, well, and she goes, well, you asked for advice, and I gave you advice, so if you don't want to hear anything from me, don't ask. Yeah, she does not like it if you if you take Alistair's advice. You, if you say, hold on, let me talk to him first, she's like, what? <laughs> exactly. I'm the smartest one here. You should listen to me. It only makes sense. We now have a dog and Alistair is still <laughs> stupid. Yes, <dude. laughs> I'd love that so much. Uh, well, actually, the conversations between uh, dog, which I have again named Chomps, uh, Chomps McGee. I love Chomps McGee. Which uh, someone in the stream was not happy with, but that's fine because Why? it's my dog. Because they wanted me to uh, name them Barkspawn, which. Oh, that's f funny. <laughs> But Barkspawn is used. I mean, that's that's a name that gets used all the time. It is. It's a great name. I don't disagree with that. But I named my dog in Dragon Age 2 during my most previous stream. I named him Chomps McGee. Well, I want Chomps M McGee again. I want the Chomps McGee uh, legacy to continue, which unfortunately I don't think we get a Mabari in the next game. So How about Chomps McGee the hashtag? Hashtag Chomps McGee? Yeah. I like that. You like that? I like that. <laughs> I hear the typing going on already. I still like Barkspawn's f***ing hysterical. It is good. It's so overused. Mine's a Varwin. That makes sense. I was telling a Varwin the other night, by the way, yeah, I named my Babari Hound after you. And he bit Alistair, and so I had to put him down. <laughs> also, what's really weird is that he gets his own codex page. And so I'm going through, I'm trying to read everything because I'm trying to catch up for the show, remembering all this stuff. And, and I'm looking through and I'm not really looking at the menu as I'm clicking. I'm just reading what's on the page. And all of a sudden I'm reading Ivarwin at the top of the page. I'm like, what the f***? Let's actually start the discussion here. Now, where do you usually go first? I mean, we're not coming from the perspective of first-timers, because we're long time away from, you know, being first-timers in this game. So, I kind of have a method that I go with now. Where do you start? Um, I sure as hell don't start with the, the dwarves. Well, you can't, really. No, you can't. Oh, you can? You can totally go there first, but Well, you can idea. start, but you have to do it later. I remember that because when they did Awakenings, they put Ogryn as one of the first companions because nobody got too much time with them because everybody did it last. And then I read that, and the next time I played it, I tried going there first, and I couldn't achieve anything. I couldn't do anything. Oh, that's right. You do need Ogryn to go to... Uh, well, no, you you meet Ogryn in Orzammar. Yeah, but not till a certain thing is... is uh, uh, completed. And I don't like going to the elves because they just annoy me and, and it takes too long. I usually do wind up going to Redcliffe first because A, that unlocks an Alistair romance thing. <laughs> Plus, if you don't want anybody to have to sacrifice themselves for Connor, you have to go back to the mages anyway. So that's what I'm in the middle of doing right now. I went to Redcliffe first. I fought off Darkspawn there, did all those things and saved everybody, except for the mayor. The mayor lost his life while we were fighting. I didn't really protect him. And then, so they said, okay, now we need the mages. Go find the mages. So I'm at the mages tower. You can't do anything at the mages tower until you clear it out. So that's what I'm in the middle of doing right now. Well, see, here's my strategy. I start with the circle of magi. Mm -hmm. I go to their tower. I get win. And then I go to Redcliffe. That way, when I'm going through the battle of Redcliffe to defend against all the abominations and or the Darkspawn that are attacking or whatever, um, I'm able to hold them off, defend the city, and I've got win back there where I can forcibly heal people. Or you could just be better at playing the game. Well, that works too, but I'd rather <laughs> just sit there and heal people. 
And now that I'm playing a mage and I've got my mage starting off the game with spirit healer, I can go ahead and have two healers there. And just toss regeneration on everyone. I kill everything because walking bomb. Which will probably be a problem once I get to the city, because then the allies would be destroyed by the walking bomb, so I'm probably going to have to rethink that strategy too. God damn it. I didn't realize that, that allies could be hurt by the walking bomb. Just like fireball and any other AoE uh, really? attack. Yeah. I killed Liliana and myself with it the other day. We all went boom. It was great. It was hilarious. Alistair lived because Alistair's a freaking tank. It was just like, wait, something happened? <laughs> Why are you laying on the ground? We're supposed to be fighting Darkspawn, jerk. Yeah, Liliana dies a lot because I don't have her in anything worth mentioning. So are you saying you have her in her unmentionables? No, I have her in really bad armor because uh, I put my my battle suit of the provocateur or whatever it is. I That's on Alistair right now because the stats on it are freaking bamf. All that DLC items that you can get. You know what? This time I actually went to Ostagar first. A, because I wanted to get a screenshot of the sundial for one of the listeners that wanted to see it. <laughs> and second, I wanted to get to those letters in Kaylin's chest. And I wanted the Nug Crusher. <laughs> Nug Crusher. Of I love the Nug Crusher. <laughs> so we leave Lothering and Lothering. We go to the camp and then we go out to find people. Okay. And you said you go to the Mage's Tower first because you want I always win. go to the Mage Tower first because I want win. I need a healer. But usually following that, I go off, uh, if you've got the DLC, which you should, I go off and get Shale directly following that. Oh, you can? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you need to uh, go get Shale before you go to Orzammar for a very specific reason. Mm. Yes. So anyway, the Temple of Magi, since we're here anyway, one of your... Friendly libertarian mages has gone rogue in a very big bad way, and thus has started transforming everyone into abominations with him and his crew of lackeys that are all just as stupid as he uh, is because they're all blood mages. Never trust a blood mage. Kill Meryl if you can. Hashtag kill Meryl. Hashtag kill Meryl. So anyway, you free them and you get the choice. Every time you go to one of these areas, you get a choice of a different kind of companion. Whether it's the Dalish, the Dwarves, or the Mages. You get a choice of which army supports you. Now, if you enact the Rite of Annulment, which means you murder everyone in the tower, because there might be one of them that gets through that's a Blood Mage, so you kill everyone. All or nothing. You can do that, and the Templar will help you. If you murder all the Mages, you get the Templar. If you spare the Mages, you get the Mages. Because the Templar have to, you know, be Templar and guard the mages from taking over the world. So they can't help you fight the war because they're too busy staring blindly at the mages. That one might be a blood mage. Kill it! <laughs> Those guys. Great chaps. Alistair used to be one. Anyway. No, he wasn't officially. No, he was still a trainee. Hell, he's still he's a Grey Warden trainee. He's a Prince trainee, too. Oh. <laughs> they're all hooked on Lyrium. They are. And it's nothing like hooked on phonics. Lyrium. It's a hell of a drug. Yep. I said it. Oh, can you imagine withdrawals or overdosing on Lyrium? Oh my, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, in Dragon Age 2, there's that guy that's gone through withdrawals. Samson. Yeah. Yep. And then he can turn against you later on because he gets his Lyrium fix. And you can actually, you can uh, re-enlist him into the Templar. You can give the order that lets him become a Templar again. I think I usually do because I feel like he needs a job. I don't because he's a jerk. So anyway, back to the tower. You can either get the Templar or the mages, and then you get win as a companion. Well, if you choose the right thing, if you piss her off, she's not going to come with you. Mm, that's true. I never piss her off because I like the grandmother character. I've also modded win. That's another thing I should say. I modded win. I made her look older. You made her older? Wow. I didn't know anybody would make that mod. I don't like the fact that a lot of my dialogue choices have something to do with calling her old. And I'm like, she's not that old. Jesus. Mm, I feel like she's still pretty up there in age. She's like 50s or 60s. Yeah, but that's not that old anymore. Well, you gotta think, this is more of a medieval era. Well, in a medieval era, everybody would have been dead by the time they were 40 anyway, so I don't know what the fuck the wardens were talking about. Oh, we don't get to live a long life. Well, nobody else does either. That's <laughs> why you marry when you're 12 years old. I would say she is maybe pushing 60. Apparently, looking at the wiki, the assumed age of win is maybe not much more than 50 years old. Okay. So she's still pretty up there compared to everyone else who's like 20. A lot of 20-year-olds think 50 is old, and I'm like, um, as a 30-something? <laughs> well, I'm not even 30 yet, so take that. 
Shut up. Yeah, I don't insult old women because I'm like, dude, A, you are smarter than me because you've been alive longer than me. So I'm not going to knock that. And B, I don't want the curse coming on me because I've made fun of you. <laughs> I always look at Wynn as like the the motherly character of the group or the wizened sage kind of character. I like how Alistair treats her like his, his grandmother. We fix my socks? To be fair, Wynn acts like his grandmother. It's adorable. It is. It is like the best exchange ever. Wynn? Yes, Alistair? My shirt has a hole in it. I see. And? Can you mend it when we get back to camp? Can't you mend your own clothes? Why do I have to do it? Sometimes I pick up too much fabric and it ends up all puckered and the entire garment hangs wrong afterward and you're you know grandmotherly grandmothers do that sort of thing don't they darning socks and whatnot you don't want me to have to fight darkspawn in a shirt with a hole do you it might get bigger i might catch cold oh all right i'll mend your shirt the next time we set up camp oh and while you're at it the elbows kind of need patching too so you're in the tower and you're going through all this stuff. You, you're going through the mages. You, you go through old notes and stuff. You find out these people have been passing notes in class. What are they saying? Are they love letters? No. They're talking about like raising the dead and all this kind of stuff. Summoning rituals and all this other random crap. It's awful. There's a lot of lore in there too. And I like how when you get these apprentice notes to each other, you get them out of order and you finally start getting more and more and you're like, oh, here's the story. You can use them to piece the puzzles together. Great. And then you have to go through the summon the font thing, which I told you the other day on your stream that I knew exactly the order. I don't know the order. <laughs> nice. And I was like, I'm not doing it this time because I think you have to have somebody with you at the end that is a pickpocket that can pickpocket the guy that shows up at the very end. And I didn't have one. And yeah, it's about a three second window of opportunity where you can steal something out of this guy's pocket. You have to save your game before you do that because there is a good chance that you won't get it. I managed to get it, but it's a random item that you get from that. So I didn't really care about the item. I just wanted the codex entry. Yeah, I should go back and do that. I'm still there because I want all the codex entries. Moving away from the tower. But wait, what happened at the end of the tower? Well, that's your choice. You either enact the right of annulment and kill everyone. Or you save the mages and kill all the blood mages. There's also that desire demon that had taken over the Templar. Oh, he believed that the demon was his wife and that they were living, you know, happily ever after. Kids were there. He was putting them to bed. And then she talks to you. Well, you can either decide to let her take him and disappear and finish feeding on his essence while he dies a happy death. Or let him return to a miserable life where he hated being a Templar and never felt fulfilled, which... That doesn't come to pass, because if you choose to that he needs to be freed, she goes, oh, hell, bandits are attacking, and then they gang up on you and attack, and you have to murder his ass. Breaks my heart every time, because I'm really like, what would I do in this situation? <laughs> uh, in that situation, I would rather kill him than let him be a slave, which is why I've killed him every single time. But if time. he doesn't know if he's a slave, it's like the Matrix, man. Well, I let him go once. Depending on who's with you, you're going to gain or lose approval. Yeah, which I don't really worry about that too much because there's gifts in the game, so I can just uh, make them happy by giving them artificial gifts. This whole feast day gifts, they kind of ruined the necessity of really being nice or being mean to someone. <laughs> All right, so at the top of the tower, one last thing we should mention before we move on to another area. Otherwise, there will be hell to pay on Twitter. <laughs> Guaranteed. We get to meet a character that appears in not two, but all three Dragon Age games. <laughs> brave Sir Cullen. And by brave, I mean he wet himself the moment you met him. He did not shut up. <laughs> shut your big fat mouth. I hate you. You're a bad person. So we meet Cullen, who hates mages with a passion because he's been tortured by the blood mages and wants them all to die. Thankfully, he gets over that a little bit in Dragon Age 2. But, yeah, I've never sided with the Templars in this instance. I've always... Well, because you always want win. You always want win with party. Well, it's not just that. It's that I didn't want the, you know, right of annulment to go and kill all the mages that, you know, still could have been saved. Like the one that was hiding in the closet. <laughs> yeah, I talked to him that last night. And I was just like, okay, just turn around, sit your ass back down in the closet. Okay. He's like, I'm just going to go in here. Thanks. Tell me when it's safe. I was like, go back in there and then come back out so I can keep making jokes about you coming out of the closet, okay? All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> so anyway, now we've talked about Colin, we can move on. Colin, you find out, was in love with your female mage. If you're female, what happens at the end of that, though? There's there's mind control and there's a big old fight. 
All right. Moving on to another area. So, being that we've already freed the mages, let's go ahead and talk about Redcliffe. So, when you get to Redcliffe, you can uh, go down to see the city that, you know, there's some weird things going on and there's been a series of attacks. And things are kind of in a, a in a bad way down there. What you do is you go, you can go through and bolster the forces, or you know, you can just go straight to waiting till night and watch everything burn and die. I do my <laughs> best to make sure that everyone survives. It's just the most satisfying thing. So once you have managed to save the city from again not being destroyed by all the undead and everything that's pouring out of the castle for some reason or another, you sneak your way into the castle through uh, a secret tunnel that apparently almost no one knew about. Because, you know, every castle's got to have a secret tunnel. Well, it's also Van Tegan's, who is Rowan's brother. Yes, Rowan's youngest brother. Yes. So he would be, that would be Merrick's brother-in-law, that would be uncle, half sort of uncle. No, not even, just through marriage, a related Alistair. Through marriage, in a weird kind of way that we shouldn't talk about, because it's like three cousins twice removed and a banana. And, uh... Yeah, stuff happened. So anyway, wow. it's technically, it's technically Alistair's cousin, or uh, not cousin, uncle. There we go. I know what I'm talking about. I promise. No, I don't. All right. So you sneak in, and when you're going through, you happen to end up in the dungeons first, and there you find Jawin. Jawin, the dumbass himself, Blood Mage Jawin. He was hired by the mistress of the castle herself to teach their son. How to control his magic. Which, by the way, the reason she knew about him was that Loghain had sent him over there. He was going to poison Arl Eamon, which he did. Which he did, yes. He uh, sent someone there to poison, which you can find the guy of one of the people that was sent by Loghain. Yeah, in the the tavern. tavern. Yeah. And you can force him to fight for the city. This time I let him go. Which is hilarious. Because I'm like, because I feel too bad if they die. Yeah, he was just doing what he was ordered. He, He, you know. He was scared, you know? Yeah. Oh, he was scared shitless. Yeah. Anyway, you make your way through the castle, and eventually you fight your way to the throne room, as it were, the main hall, whatever you want to call it, and there Bantigan is dancing around like an idiot and trying to make Connor laugh. Connor is possessed by the devil. Or at least a demon. Not the demon, just a demon. Because his magical powers are, well... He's taught to control his magical powers by a blood mage. Like, that would go well. Well, yeah, and he's also, what, 10 to 12? Yeah, he's very young. Yeah, he's never listening to what he's been told. Exactly. A demon ends up taking up. I'm sure that Connor was probably trying to use his magic to save his father, and as a result, the demon went, I can help you if you just let me in. And uh, he did, because children are stupid, and that's why you should teach your kids not to talk to strangers. Or you shouldn't have an Orlesian mother. That works too, yes. Never trust the Orlesians, especially Liliana. <sighs> anyway, eventually you get the choice to use blood magic via Jawan to sacrifice his mother to free him of the demon, or you can do the intelligent thing and uh, seek help from the Circle to send a mage into the Fade to fight the demon from within and thus free Connor. Or to save time... You just killed a kid. <laughs> I never approve of killing children. Have you ever been around a child long enough? Sometimes you might you might want to play out that fantasy in your video game. Nope. <laughs> children are the devil. They are filthy, smelly things full of tears and snot and trouble. So back to uh, Redcliffe. Well, once you free Connor, you get to figure out what's going on with Eamon, lord of the castle and the only man that can stand with you against Loghain. Looks like skinny Santa Claus. He does look like skinny Santa Claus. He looks very aged, even though he's not supposed to be that much older than Tegan. Tegan looks like he's 30 years younger. Eamon was in his, he was maybe nine or, no, he was a little bit older than that. He was maybe 11 in Stolen Throne and Tegan was like six. Yeah, see, they're not that different in age. But Tegan, oh, I would do the hell out of Tegan. Yeah, Tegan... You like gingers, you know. Mm. And you know what they say about men with big noses. <laughs> Logan's a dick. I like men with big noses. <laughs> Logan's got a huge nose with a big crook on it. Eh, well, he also has a scowl on his face. Tegan doesn't. True. Fair enough. But that Orlesian wife sure does all the time. Tegan! 
Tiga, what are you doing? Tigan, 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 Tigan. Ader. So much. Oh, and if you've got the mod I do where she dies. Well, I've I've killed her several times. And you get to mount her on the wall. Ew, ew! Why would you do that? Necrophilia. <laughs> I was wondering if you go that direction with it, and you did. You threw the bait out there, and I went right out after it. Yep. <laughs> she has the most blood curdling scream. Tigan. Well, I hate the way she says Tigan. Yeah, I hate that. Tigan. But when she's talking about the love of her child, and she doesn't want anything bad to happen, I feel that in my gut. Whoever played her was great. She's a good mother. She's just stupid. Like she did everything she did for her for her son. She got the mage to try to protect the son from being sent to the circle, and yeah, but she didn't want to tell anybody about it, and she was really vain in that aspect. Yeah, I guess. Alrighty, now with Eamon figured out, we had we know that he's been poisoned, and uh, no one can do anything to cure him. So that's why his knights were sent on a quest to find the urn of Andraste's ashes. You mean not the quest for the Holy Grail? Nope, the vase full of ashes from a dead person, who's apparently holy-ish. We might be able to go into that the next time, but yeah, the quest is very Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, isn't it? Oh, it's, uh, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. I kind of want to play it before we go through it again. I do, too, honestly. I want to go through that, too. Uh, Alright, so yeah, let's just do the main plots this uh, this time around. Alright, so there's that. Once you gain the ashes, you can cure him, and he will help you and you know start calling for a lands meet where they will gather all the nobles together in Denerim to confront uh, Logan as a Senate would. Right, as they should. I mean, lands meet is a big thing because they're going to try to challenge Logan because Logan is trying to deny the fact that there's a blight going on, which is not good. That he can outmaneuver them because they're just another army. By the way, I love how Tegan just word slaps both Honora and Logan that first time you see him when he's making a speech about being strong for Reldon and Tegan's like, yeah, whatever. And Honora goes, oh, my father's just doing what's best for Ferelden. <laughs> and he looks up at her. Did he also do what was best for your husband, your majesty? And then just walks away. And she's just like, Oh, yeah, there's nothing I can say about that, huh? I believe that was the invention of the word pwned. <laughs> exactly. I took a lot of pleasure in watching that scene the other day. It was uh, it was pretty fantastic, actually. I'm glad my game crashed, so I had to watch it again. It was awesome. <laughs> okay, so that was Redcliffe. Now, we're going to save the elves and the dwarves for the next time, because we actually want to play through those again and so have our memories refreshed. <laughs> At least I said that, and Rhodes was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm fine either way. I I remember the the elves well enough. I know the the central plot of the elves just fine. And I know the dwarves very well because it's one of my favorite stories, especially with Shale. If you're gonna play along with us, you better take Shale into the deep roads with you. Okay, I'll do that. Just putting that out there. That's you get unique dialogue and unique information on Shale that you can only get if you take Shale with you that one time. Don't you love it in Dragon Age 2 when you're talking to the bartender and he's saying something about all the pigeons in Ferelden are... Pigeon population in Ferelden is rapidly decreased. There are dead pigeons everywhere. What kind of monster could go around doing that to poor little pigeons? <laughs> oh man, it was so good. I was watching your stream. Your reaction to that was priceless. You're such a fanboy. It's great. Oh, I love Shale. Shale is great. Shale got on my nerves a little bit, you know, mostly because I didn't get it till later in the game. And I had all this crap in my inventory <laughs> that I could never get rid of. And then I realized, oh, I can only use two of these things that I've been collecting all of this crap for. I can only use two at a time. <laughs> you guys have been really nice to us and we have a lot of emails. I mean, I don't know... Uh, what a lot of emails are to a lot of other podcasts, but... Let me put it to you this way. With the two shows that I run, uh, I've not had an email for my ESO show in probably at least a month. And uh, for my Star Wars show, I've only received like three emails in the last couple of months. And all of them thought that they were going to be hate mail, but actually they were genuinely good conversation. I actually used one of them as an entire show's topic discussion. Oh, that's cool. It was great. See, there's motivation for you people. If you write us some good emails, some well-thought-out emails, it could be a topic. Which, that is to say, we've been getting some. I've been surprised. 
oh my God. And nobody's actually called us out on anything we've said wrong, which is amazing to me because there are really no notes for this show. We don't do, we just remember. <laughs> I do like how one of them is also using my, one of my favorite sayings. That being said, <laughs> I also had another uh, a listener, one of my other shows count the amount of times I said anyways, in one of the, uh, one of my recent episodes, I think it was like 34 times. We got a bunch of emails, and when I first started getting them in, I was like, great, I'll read this whole thing on the show. This is awesome. But you guys were so awesome that I can't read them all. <laughs> or at least, so I think we're going to save some for a later date. But somebody, this first one from Cat Stamps, Shovelware TV on Twitter, he actually called us out. I thought he was going to call us out on something we did incorrectly, but I went back and listened. And I was like, no, we were right. He was saying, you know, we missed in the backstory that Logan that the Orlesians like kick the crap out of Loghain. That's why he hates him so much is that they raped and killed his mother while he watched. And Oh no, no, I remember all that fondly. It's it. Well, not fondly. That's a terrible way to put it, but I remember it vividly. That's the word I was looking for. You remember fondly. Rape fondly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. No boy. No, no bad. But he's saying that Loghain's backstory is much more than just a survivor story, as we were saying. And I figured that we kind of implied that bad things had happened. Because I remember you said, you know, he's been kicked to the ground and all that stuff. Well, yeah, they they started off as farmers, then became bandits, you know, purely because they had to. So, you know, it was a very Robin Hood-ish kind of thing where they tried to help out the people of Ferelden where they could and otherwise just, you know, stole to survive. And, if possible, kill the Orlesians because they need to die. <laughs> but, you know, most of it was just they were just survivors. And then the story for him is much more of a, a, a rising story than it was for Merrick because Merrick was already the prince. It was just the outlaw prince because the Orlesians who ruled the country that was rightfully his were out to kill him. Yeah, it was more of like a get the Orlesians out of the way so we can restore the way it was. But Loghain, he came from nothing, and he did go through tragedies. There was one time he was actually trying to make Merrick feel better by telling the story of how the Orlesians came in and tried to arrest his dad because he didn't pay his taxes. And then when he wouldn't pay his taxes again, he, they raped his mother in front of him while making him watch. And of course, every time I hear that when I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, did you like it? <laughs> and I can't help oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we do get to see how Loghain rises to be Merrick's right-hand man, a peasant, rises to the status of noble, which pissed off a lot of the nobles. The nobles really were pissed off, but the but the regular people were just like, this guy's a hero. I mean, yeah, it's something he to look is up the, to. He was the previous hero of Ferelden before... Well, the hero of Ferelden shows up, the warden. The hero of Riverdane, but yeah, he was really the hero of Ferelden. So, I mean, you have to respect him for that. It's this, the stuff he does afterward that is terrible. So, yeah. And he also brings up, this email also brings up that Kalen was talking with the Orlesian Queen Selene for reinforcements against the Blight. This would have come as a bitch slap to Loghain to have the Orlesians come back to Ferelden. I think even bringing Loghain for the Ostagar DLC, he comments on the letters found in Kalen's chest. And we did talk about that, just episode two wasn't out yet. Um, or episode three. Episode three where I told you about this. Where yeah. you get the letters and, yeah. And I've never seen the uh, the Ostagar DLC with Loghain in it because Loghain dies every time. Loghain does not come with me. I tried it once and I actually had to install a mod so I could still keep Alistair with me <laughs> because I wanted to talk to Loghain a little bit. It was after I read The Stolen Throne and I knew a little bit about him and I had a little bit of sympathy for him. The other thing he mentions is, I noticed you went straight from the calling to Dragon Age Origins. Are you planning on covering Liliana's song when you meet Liliana in the main game? I wouldn't count on it. I would say if we have somebody on that is a big Liliana fan and we have time before Dragon Age 3 comes out, I guess that's the natural progression of the game, I, even though I know it's a prequel. Well, I mean, we can, once we finish the Dragon Age origin stuff, we can, of course, talk about Witch Hunt, Golems of Amgarok, and Liliana's song. Which I, I kind of planned on doing that. It's just I forgot that the Liliana song was actually a DLC. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also the other DLC, uh, Darkspawn one. Yeah, that's no. <laughs> which you haven't seen, but I have played several times. You have five minutes on that, and that's it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take the five minutes right now and just get it out of the way. Here's what happens. 
the warden, you the player, the warden, never survives the joining, and thus there is no hero of Ferelden to rise everyone up. It falls down to Alistair. It gets to the point where you're fighting the, uh, fighting in Denerim when the Darkspawn invade. All the other people are there, and they all die. And then the Darkspawn win. That's the DLC. That's literally it. You just get to play from the perspective of a Herlock while getting orders from the uh, Archdemon. That's the DLC. Done. How do you okay. get your orders from the Archdemon? Hive mind. It communicates through your mind the same way that the uh, the dreams come to the Wardens while well, it happens during the waking time on the fly. So every time it'll just blast its message into your head <gasps> oh, and you okay. go and do what it says. Wow. That's how it works. Now, Kynes, he's a frequent tweeter to the show. Now, he was saying that when he was listening to episode two, he heard us talking about the dwarf reproduction, and he wanted to clarify. In Dragon Age 2, DLC Yes, I got corrected on Twitter about that one, too. That Sandal is half-elf and human, meaning they can reproduce other races. Do you think the mother or father is a mage? Mm, that would be That would be actually pretty interesting, uh, and would it actually explain quite a bit as to why someone who's a dwarf has the ability to control magic of any kind. Because, I'm sorry, but I, I know that the dwarves and enchantments kind of work out that way, but even for dwarves, Sandal's something special. Yeah, he something can't... Something very it, special. It's something with delirium. I mean, the, dwarves can withstand the, the effects of delirium a little bit better, um, but not like him. Yeah. He's, he's got to have a mage parent. Or maybe he really is a human like they are in real life, and he's just the... Happens to nah. be a dwarf son of a nah. two mages. No, because the 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 he wouldn't be like three feet wide and have shoulders that could lift the world. You never know. Have I, have you ever been to a little people's meeting? <laughs> no, but I've uh, worked with many of them. <laughs> There's a very long and well done email, but I can't even go into it. This is from Tim Foster. He says, "I love Liz's smutty giggle." <laughs> But we're going to go into this one next time because I really, really like this. He asks a question. Actually, here, here's one of the points he wants to ask. The question is specifically aimed at Liz. As a bit of a man-eater, <laughs> she's a man-eater. Which character from Inquisition are you looking forward to romancing? As a gay man in real life, I really love the fact that I can choose to romance male characters in Dragon Age. It's an important decision that Bioware has made and makes me pleased that they have included this diversity. So far, my main playthrough has seen my male elf mage romance Zevron and my guy mage Hawk romance Anders. Good choice. And I'm most definitely playing as a guy in Inquisition, but haven't made up my mind on what combo of elf human mage rogue to go with yet. But I do know that I'm going to woo the pants off Dorian. Oh, man, you lucky mofo. Dorian is Dragon Age version of Freddie Mercury right there. It's a kind of magic. Oh, Freddie Mercury is awesome. I like Dorian's 1890s style American mustache. Love it. Love it. It is, it is so just upper class mustache. It's, and it, even his hairstyle actually matches it too. The way it parts and swivels up. It's, he's Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Oh my god. I yeah, I don't know much about Dragon Age Inquisition. The reason I don't um and I we do have a couple of emails asking about what we're going to go over. I know we've had a couple tweets about Dragon Age Inquisition. Anything we're going to go over with that, I'm going to shoot over to Road because I myself I find everything to be a spoiler. I don't care what it is because once you see one particular image, your mind can go, "Oh, that means this, that means this, that means this." I don't want to know. I love being surprised, and unfortunately, I am doing a Dragon Age podcast, and people want to know about it. So, Rode pays more attention than I do, so anything that he might know about it, he's welcome to bring up. Mm, we'll see. We'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there? Absolutely. So, have you decided you haven't even looked at all the Cullen. options yet, have you? Cullen. Cullen, well, obviously. I don't Cullen. even know if he's romanceable, but Cullen. He is. I, I love that he says, in my Dragon Age universe, only gay mages can save Thetas. Right on! <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. On the whole thing about uh, how Bioware is openly letting in gay characters and has always allowed gay romances and so on and so forth. I don't know about Uh, Yeah, that... They were trying to be... A I, I don't want to get into the discussion of Bioware. I remember Austin there right are now. big discussions. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's a that's a whole different. Let's let's keep things to Edmonton and Montreal. Let's let's keep the let's keep the Dragon Age discussion to Edmonton and Montreal. Bioware. 
Yeah. And in that vein, yes, it's wonderful. I think it's great. I, I love I think what it is. It's very progressive, and I really do like it. Although I, even because I'm a female, and I get that little tick, you know, I it it doesn't really irk me, but I get that little, you know, uh, that stomach lurch when I hear about a straight guy playing as a chick so he can watch him hook up with other chicks. Even though I would do the same thing, were I attracted to that, <laughs> I still, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Just in my mind, I don't like it. And for me, I don't play female characters, which is why I can talk to you for an hour or two or three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't play female characters because, frankly speaking, I'm, first, I'm not a woman, so how the hell would I know how to play a woman? I, I, I just, well, I, I just don't. want to watch him from behind because he's switching. And that, uh, no, that's... Uh. And I'm like, really, you're not really playing the game if you're just watching that, by the way, I'm just saying. Frankly speaking, I would much rather just enjoy my time with Morgan, but that's just me. And it, it's not even because of, like, side boob, it's... The fact that she is sassy as hell, and I love it. Oh, her personality. Oh, my God. Like, okay, she's she is the uh, the person who grew up without having interactions with other people. So she, a lot of the stuff she says is socially unacceptable. She knows it, and she doesn't care. And it's that attitude that I love. Yeah, but there are some scenes where you're talking to her, and she's like, I admit, I do, I do not know. Twas. Oh, now that's the thing I don't like about Morgan. That twas crap. That twat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't actually mind that all that much. Uh, it gives a little bit of character. I get it. And, it does. And, and sometimes I find myself being charmed by it, but when she first started talking, and I was like, you bitch. <laughs> and then you realize... Mama uh, Flemeth taught her everything she knows. Flemeth doesn't talk like that. Uh, she does kind of have her own unique way of speaking. It, it's not not so much the verbiage as it is so much her just her manner. And uh, an interesting note, too. The first line you hear from Morgan in Dragon Age Origins is the exact same first line you hear in uh, from Flemeth uh-huh. in Dragon Age 2. two. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 what do we have here? <sighs> Love it. Like oh. mother, like daughter. But anyway, I've uh, I've actually not even decided um, as far as the different How, how many options. female characters are there? As a straight man. Uh, let me see. There was actually a list released of the... Love interests for Dragon Age Origins, or not Dragon Age Origins, but uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, because of this whole Varric thing that was going on in the community, because everyone wanted to know whether or not Varric was going to be a love interest. Oh, Varric Gate? Because the women, yes, exactly, that's what it was, Varric Gate. Um, and I'm, I, I actually like him more now that I know that he's not a romanceable option, which obviously wasn't an interest of mine, but I do like the fact that they did gate him from being a love interest. Well, he it would be too overboard with him because being the suave, you know, you know, crossbow wielding rogue. If he had been a ladies' man as well and been open to being a ladies' man, it would have been so stereotypical. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. We've got the uh, the love interest for Inquisition. Uh, for the women, it's uh, rather the men that can be romance in the game are Blackwall, Cullen, Dorian, Iron Bull, and Solus. Um, which are also in them also have uh, racial differences. Like Solus will only romance female elves. Really? Yep. He's uh he's a hermit elf, and thus only likes elves. And he's straight, oh. so he likes women. So yeah, I I actually like that that there's kind of a difference. Uh, Colin will only romance female humans and elves. What about mages? Uh, I believe he will actually romance mages. Oh, he will romance the mess out of me. He can romance. Uh, he'll he'll make a very big mess, I'm sure. Uh, not nearly as big of a mess as Iron Bull. Uh, Iron Bull, however, who will romance anyone all the time, every day. Wow. Yeah. Uh, same thing for Josephine. Josephine is one of the female love options. There's uh, Sarah, Josephine, and Cassandra. So there's actually less female options than there are male options. You've got. Five male options and three female options. So you've got Sarah, who will only romance females. Uh, Cassandra, who will only uh, romance males. And Josephine, who will romance both. Which means I am down to Josephine or Cassandra for love interests. You mean down on. 
<laughs> no comment on that one. <laughs> we shall see. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So, Josephine is an Antivan. She's an Antivan noble, which means I'd have to deal with that accent. The Antivan's okay, it's Orlesians that we can't stand. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I really like, really like uh, Severin's accent. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's so swashbuckler. So puss in boots. Oh, it, okay, it is, we it about, is. You said that you thought he was he was more Spanish, and I was thinking Italian. Mm-hmm. The reason I thought Italian, because he says bellissima. Okay, we have one more email that I wanted to bring up, and we will bring up the next ones next time. I have these all logged. And UK Farm 1337 said, it asked us if we would consider adding in a weekly lore segment, much the same way as Lou did on ESOTR. Dragon Age has a deep history and needs to be explained before Inquisition launches. Maybe a history of the chanty- chantry. And he says, in war, victory. In peace, vigilance. In death, sacrifice. Grey Warden, aww! Yep, the Grey Warden oath. Now, a lot of this, we we try to weave in some of the lore as we can, but like we said, we do this weekly and it happens so fast and I know Rhoda and I are on how many different podcasts <laughs> that it's really hard. I do hard. three weeklies right now. And it's really hard to even, for me because I take so long editing uh, to get it all together and, and get it in comprehension. And, you know, I just say we go for it and what we remember we're going to spew out. Now, there is a point where I do want to go over, say, the Chantry, the Coterie, uh, stuff like that. But things have got to calm down first. <laughs> Yeah, we we're gonna get through the games first, and then kind of uh, it, when and what we time can we have dive left. into things. Yeah, yeah, because there are gonna be a couple episodes right before the launch of Dragon Age Inquisition, which should be November eighteenth. Yep, November eighteenth is the okay. release date. Exactly a month before my birthday. Hint, hint, you can start buying stuff now. So thank you for bringing that up and reminding me that we need to do things like that. So anybody else that wants to email us, please do again at dragonageotr at gmail.com. We're gonna try to shout out everybody that does it. We just couldn't get to some this week. Before we shove a big slew of outtakes in your ear holes, we'd like to let you know where to find us so you can thank us the morning after. Yes, it is time for the obligatory how to reach us. Find us at questgamingnetwork.com, email us at dragonageotr at gmail.com, tweet us at dragonageotr, follow me, Mistress Lebeau, that's L-E-B-E-A-U, follow Road at that road guy, and yes, we know our money's on the dresser. Visit our sponsors, tweakedaudio.com for quality earbuds and 30% off with our code off the record, all one word, at tweakedaudio.com. And if you are as big Dragon Age fans as Rhoda and I are, here's some books that you might like. Head over to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and you can get Dragon Age The Stolen Throne or Dragon Age The Calling for free! But you don't have to take my word for it. I feel happy! I am not dead yet. I can dance and I can sing. I am not dead yet. I can do the Highland thing. I am not dead yet. No need to go to bed. No need to call the doctor because I'm not yet dead. What's that? What? What's that? What's We're not doing that. Let's not bring that back. I've already brought it back. Damn it. Welcome to Dragon Age Record. <laughs> Welcome to the Dragon Age Record off. We're going to spin these Dragon Scale records like no tomorrow. We're going to what? I am your host, Elizabeth, and with me is the other host. What's your name? I am Rage. No, I wanted to throw the whole Rage thing out there and see if you'd catch it. Is that what you said and I totally fell for it? Yeah. I did? Yep, it's recorded. <laughs> Welcome to Dragon Age Ra- <laughs> Welcome to Dragon Rage. Can we call it Dragon Road now? I tried to make an icon for myself yesterday. It didn't work. I saw you were using MS Paint, you little... Yeah. God! <laughs> I bet you were using Comic Sans. Jesus. I was like, might as well make it in f***ing Word, man. I could have made it in Word, that's right. No! No! And don't use their f***ing 3D text. <laughs> I have an image on my desktop right now called roadhead.jpg. Gross. And they name all their toes. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Pinky does what Pinky wants, and Pinky usually gets stubbed. It's a reference to how often I kick things because I have huge feet. You know what they say about men with big feet? They've got really big shoes, and it's hard to find the right size. Do you really have big feet? I've got 11 wide. I'm 5'8". Yeah, I've got big feet. You have 11 wives? 11 wide. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I only have one wife. That's enough. And it's Morgan. Wait, no, that's not true at all. Editing is awesome. Editing is great. Why did I close that window? Send me your email, hate. Hate and subscribe. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it.
Oh, and uh, Fiona's in that book, too. Just putting that out there. What? You will marry me and you'll like it. Why is your voice so manly? Don't ask questions. Not yet, then. Incest is wincest. <laughs>